Okay, test one, two. It's recording. Success. I remember how to do this. Okay, feeling good. Saturday, April 4th, 2.45 p.m. Hot out. 90-some degrees. Okay. Um, by the time you're hearing this, <laughs> if, you're, if you follow me on uh, Instagram, you know that I've been at the cabin uh, three weeks now, I think. What is it, the fourth? Yeah, about, about three weeks, more or less. And, um, like two or three nights in when I first got here, um, I recorded like a 15 minute episode. I didn't really have much, I was confused about what was going on, you know, the coronavirus and, you know, finding myself wanting to be up here to deal with that. And it was all just too much, um, to process really. I mean, I just didn't have it figured out. So I canned that recording. It was only 15 minutes anyway. It wouldn't have been worth your time. Um, um, and here I am. I feel like there's a lot that's gone on since then, and, and it's a good time to address uh, the virus, you know, me being back here, me potentially starting the podcast again, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah. Um, well... I hope everyone is safe and well. I hope you guys have everything you need and are feeling good and feel safe and are staying home. Man, you guys that have to be out working, most of the people I know don't. You know, most of the people I know are office types or whatever, you know, you know, more above the line, to use the term, film production term types than they are below the lines but you know i know a handful of people that are out there mingling in the world but you know i'm thinking like fuck my ups driver out here this guy jeff boss fuck man imagine delivering packages to people all day it could be worse so you could work in publics imagine working in publics or the post office fuck i'm just saying it's rough for a lot of people out there it's rough for everyone right now but that's particularly exposed police officer you know, first day, fire, fire department, you know, ambulance, fuck. Let's, let's wish them the best. So, I'm here. I'm, as many of you probably could have predicted in this kind of situation, I'm coming here, and I came here. Uh, for what should be obvious reasons, but I'll just cover it here. Um, isolation, number one. Uh, self-reliance. This is my best situation that I could ask for. It's not perfect, but it's as close to perfect as I'm going to get in my life for now. Food, water, uh, space, security. Food, uh, storage, food that I have stored, uh, plus wild game, uh, plus chickens, plus goat milk. Okay, that's coming from the property. Um, water, uh, rain, <laughs> uh, stored water, well, I'm on a well, okay, um, let's say that runs out, uh, you know, I run out of power, or the well pump breaks, I have a backup well pump, by the way, but let's say that breaks too, um, the amount of water, you know, I used to, I experimented with a lot of this, the amount of water that, that, uh, fuck was that? 
uh, chicken, the amount of water that these roofs put off, you know, a pitched roof like this, you put a freaking container at the end of each corner and you're fucking, I mean, I don't have gutters, but if you had gutters, you could just lead them right into a barrel and bro in Florida this time, of, you know, in another month or so that barrel's going to be overflowing. I don't care how much water you use. You're going to have a surplus. You boil it, you treat it and you drink it. Easy as that. So on top of that, I have water on the property with fish, by the way, for the food thing. Water on the property that's spring-fed. There's springs in the area that put out hundreds and hundred million gallons of fresh water a day. So we're, we're all right here, I think, for water. Uh, security, okay. Space, I have distance from others. I mean, that's just part of this. You know, I'm in the, literally in the wilderness. It's not like I'm in... The closest town is a small town of like... How many people live in... I think like... I want to say like a thousand maybe? Not even that. And I'm outside. Like, the people in that town are like, whoa, you're out there. You know, like, because I'm really in the outskirts. You know, I think I might have even mentioned that kind of sentiment before. So I feel pretty good. That said, it comes with its own risks. But nothing that can't be solved with uh, a few uh, deterrent uh, rounds of heavy ammo. Okay? I think generally there's the vibe of, this is kind of, you know, if it, look, I'm jumping a few steps. If it turns to a looting situation and people are hungry and looking for people to rob and shit, I don't know. Some people are stupid as hell. But if it were me, the last guy I would go to is that guy living out in the fucking woods in a log cabin. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, they don't know that I'm the softest, nicest guy in the world. But uh, in that situation, I guess I wouldn't be. But, um, what I'm saying is there's easier targets than that. Plus, you're all the way out here in the woods. I mean, come on. Anyway, should that happen, which I'm not putting out, I mean, I've taken steps. My gate, which is normally a um, motorized gate, I've detached the motor, uh, shut that off, and I, uh, I'm using the old chain method, lock it up and unlock it, you know, you know manually. <sighs> Not that that's foolproof, right? You can always hop a fence. You can always uh, cut a chain. <laughs> I keep bolt cutters in my truck for that. Not for cutting other people's chains, for cutting my own, right? Wink, wink. Um, anyhow, uh, so I feel pretty safe and secure here. I definitely don't need to go out if I don't if I don't have if I don't feel like it. I don't need to go out, so I'm pretty safe. I have fresh air. I get to go outside, enjoy the wilderness. I've got chores and things to do. Okay, I've got plenty of books and entertainment. All right, I'm not streaming like you all because my internet is like dial-up internet, basically, which I like. I kind of prefer it because, and I'm going to touch on this, like I don't like the crutch. I like comfort. I'm past the stage I've mentioned here before. I'm past the stage of like intentionally inconveniencing myself for the most part, but I like not, it's actually, you should try it. It's nice to not have super high-speed internet all the time. Like, my internet's not terrible. I can look up things quite easily. It used to not be good. I used to have no internet. And that was fun, you know, but you were really camping. Now I'm living, so it's different. But, uh, especially when people come here, when I'm going on tangents, but whatever, we got time. When uh, y'all are at home not doing shit, so who cares? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, when people come here, you know, if you have high-speed internet, I kind of want to tell them, no, I don't have internet. Don't even worry about it. 
because it kind of ruins their potential, depending on the person, obviously, but it can ruin their potential to have a good time out here to fully experience it because they're reliant on the internet. And it does it for me too, actually. You know, I have to remind myself, hey, you know, go sleep outside tonight where there's no reception, no internet, you know, go sleep out in the camper or whatever. So, anyway, so yeah, so I'm here for this shit. <sighs> Let's hope it all passes soon, you know, because I do want to get back to normalcy. But man, how quickly. I, what's cool about this, I guess, I'm not going to preach. I don't want to preach. I definitely don't want to try to, I don't, one of my concerns here, because I get people reaching out to me like, bro, you got the right, like, I knew you'd be fine. Like, I, you got the right, everyone, every, you know, should have been doing what you, you know, everyone's saying like, man, you had the right idea. Like, you knew this shit was happening or whatever, and you're prepared. And it's like, yeah, I am. I don't want to come off as boasting. So I've kind of put the brakes on a lot of that. Um, I did share one meme last night, which is funny, but you know, whatever, just a little joke meme here and there. Um, let me shut off that AC. That's another deal is, um, window, I'm still on window units here and, uh, thinking about maybe give it another year or two. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how long I last. We'll see if life even returns to normal. Um, but I would like central air here. I think it'd be a really nice addition. I do have the attic to do it, the space. It's got the money, thank God, for now. It would be a great addition because these AC units, you know, it's loud. That said, they're easy to replace. They're cheap, you know, but there's something to be said about central air. Get hooked up on one of those Nest apps, you know what I'm saying? Just control that shit. Anyway, um... What I was getting at is like, I don't want to like preach, but what I think is cool is that, you know, people that never were thinking about this shit before are all of a sudden thrown into these kind of scenarios that people who camp or people who prep or think about what if have been thinking about for a long time. And I just mean it in a positive way. I mean like, wow, it's nice to not... Um, well, not that it's nice to, but like, wow, I appreciate it. Like, I wish I could go out and do X, Y, and Z or eat at X, Y, and Z. Like, it's, it's, it's boosted people's appreciation for things that they took for granted before. And that's kind of the whole, my whole philosophy initially about getting into camping and, and uh, withholding things is, uh, is to develop a greater appreciation and take things for granted less. So I think that's a positive, right? But man, this is scary. You know, I'll admit, like, I'm going to go for the jugular here. I'm going to go for what's uncomfortable and what I may not want to say. But while I am concerned and I don't want anyone to die and I don't want to lose anyone or myself, it is exciting. This, <laughs> And I think if a lot of you who are honest with yourself would probably agree. We live in such a mediated time where we're so removed from real danger and risk in the real cor corporeal sense. I don't know if that's the word, but risk to life and limb. Many of us do live in that way. But for most of us who live comfortable city lives, country lives, doesn't matter, comfortable lives, you're not worried about, you're not thinking about death constantly if you're a normal person. I mean, me, you are, but, you know, 
Just kidding. Normal people are not facing these situations. And now all of a sudden, everybody's thinking about it. So it's this great awakening. I think it's a good thing. I think it's to become more aware of mortality and, again, to develop an appreciation for for life and, and the days that you have, at the time that you have, the minutes you have, whatever it is. The meals that you can go out and get. You know, I would always tell people, you know, my family or whatever, I'd be like, man, you know, we'd be in a meal and I'd say, man, and they'd be yapping about some crap. And I'd say, man, isn't it amazing that all this food, any time of year, you can just get any vegetable, any piece of meat, anything you want is brought from across the country, across the world, all times of year to a place that's right down the street from you. And you just go and just pay a little bit and you got it. It's amazing. They'd be like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Shut the fuck up. And now everyone's, you know, and this isn't like I'm not, shit that only I know about. I mean, like everyone knows, like, you know, people who are paying attention know this. It's, it's not normal. It's not, I don't think it's necessarily a healthy way to be, you know. The environmentalists in me coming out, I think I think it's better to be more grounded in the reality of the natural world, but that's just me. But the, or whatever, again, not to be preaching, the reality is we've had a system that's been pretty damn good that can easily go away. And once you face that and accept that, that that's true, as we've seen, it's true, by the way, <laughs> Once you face that, I think any rational person who's brave enough to say, well, if that's the case, how do I want to prepare myself? How do I want to act now? It doesn't mean change your life, move out into a log cabin, blah, 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 raise goats. Ha, ha, ha. It means maybe it means something different for each person. It means maybe, hey, I should think about maybe going fishing. Can I provide my own food? Maybe you want to go hunting. Just try it. Maybe you want to learn how to grow a garden. Maybe you want to, you know, little things that can make you more valuable to yourself and to others potentially. And guess what? And here's kind of what my main, I've been, you know, dwelling on this for a while is, okay, so those things that you learn those skills that maybe you're driven to, to get into because, hey, wait a minute, you know, the way that I've been living is not sustainable or it's not, it can easily go away. And then what do I do? All right, so you learn how to fish. Well, guess what? Fishing is super fun. It's super good for you. It's relaxing. It brings you outside. You know, you're not only learning, but you're, you're treating yourself. Or for me, um, okay, Radio. I got. It, I recently got my radio license, and that was driven by, hey, wait a minute, like if cell phones go out or whatever, how am I going to communicate with the people that are not in my um, immediate area? Well, or if I need help, how do I call it? Well, uh, radio. And along the way, in learning radio, I've learned electronics. I've learned how things work. I've learned about uh, electromagnetic fields. About you know different things. Um, that that broadened my broadened my understanding of the world, and it's I just get a trip out of it. I think I've I've. Whenever you're learning about something, it's two things are happening. You're learning about that thing, but you're learning truths. If it's something something good, you're learning about things that are, that relate indirectly 
to that thing, that relate to other things, I mean. So, for example, another, I'll take another one from my life. I learned ironwork, okay? I suck at it, <laughs> but I'm better than some guy who's never done it. I could make basic things, and if put to the test, I could probably make some tools and make them work or make, fix a latch or fix, you know, with iron and heat. <laughs> really hot heat. Um, but in learning about ironwork, you know, people say, oh, you don't, you don't do blacksmithing much. I have a condition on my hands that really would make it very painful for me to do it. So unfortunately, I haven't been doing much or any lately, which saddens me because I really am driven to do it. I like design. I like uh, making things. But anyway, I, I digress. And people say, oh, man, that sucks. You spent all that time, you know, you bought all equipment and things. And I said, well, yeah, it does suck. But most of what I learned from that field are things that don't necessarily just pertain to that field. There are truths that I took away from understanding material, understanding uh, um, patience and, and technique over strength. There's things that can apply to your life. It's almost like the art of war. That's actually a great example. You know, Sun Tzu's The Art of War, this uh, ancient... Uh, treatise on how warfare should be should be fought <coughs> excuse me well guess what that's a i don't know if it's a bestseller that's a very well-known book it sells well people read it are those people warriors no not necessarily i mean i'm sure some generals you know people i'm sure people do warriors do read it but what i'm getting at is it's been held as a book for your personal life for business for all these other things and so, yeah, in reading The Art of War, you are learning about warfare. But those lessons apply to other fields if you're, if you're wise enough to, to figure out how to adapt them. So I guess the main point I've been trying to make in the past couple minutes here is the path to become more useful and, and develop skills that, that expand your ability to be somewhat and a lot of people misunderstand me. When I say self-sufficiency, self-reliance, I don't mean total. You're a fool to pursue total reliance on just yourself. I mean, you, you won't make it. But somewhat, it's a good thing to develop. And in the path and learning those skills, guess what? If you never have to use them, you still come out on top because it's a super enjoyable path to be on. I think that most people would end up loving the ability to preserve vegetables. You end up making delicious, you know, preserves or, or pickles or whatever, and it enhances your, I got to turn that off. It enhances your, uh, your quality of life. So anyway, there's that. I'm going to take a quick break. All right, so I just went out with my goats. So yeah, so I think I might have mentioned that earlier in the episode. So I got my goats back. I got my chickens back. I was up here for three days, I think it was, and I said, man, I'm going to be up here a while, it seems like, as the news developed. And so I said, I was talking with my neighbor Rich and his girlfriend Callie, and I said, you know what, they were doing preparations. You know, she was planting uh, vegetables, and he was, you know, whatever, and they were like, yeah, you know, we're trying to get chickens, like, and it hit me, I was like, you know what, I got time right now, I'm gonna drive back home and get some chickens, so, very lovely, um, woman, 
named Sally was taking care of my, uh, she had taken in my birds. I might have mentioned that they had a home in the last episode. And they joined her flock. And I was going and visiting them and giving them treats and helping her a little bit. But she was just the most excellent caretaker. And I felt bad taking them away from her after only, like, what, two months of having them with her. But she understood. I told her I would bring them back when things were normal, you know, and and I will, hopefully. So my chickens are up here. It was so cool to see them back, uh, you know, free-ranging out in the wild, like really just taken back to, you know, it's amazing. At first I wasn't sure if they'd remember the place, and they did. Uh, as soon as I, so I arrived at night with them in the back of my truck in a rabbit hutch, rabbit cage or whatever and uh the next morning i noticed that one of them was limping and i quickly it took me a day or so to really diagnose what the issue was because i've had foot problems with birds before bumblefoot or whatever and uh i thought that that's what this was at first but i wasn't sure and then quickly realized that uh she had sprained her uh rear toe and now here's the deal is the reason why is because Sally, who was taking care of my birds, has a whole nother situation. You know, she lives in suburbs, you could say, suburban environment with a little chicken coop attached to her home, you know, just off her home. And my birds, since they were used to the kind of wild, more wild atmosphere, um, were pretty rugged. You know, they'd fly over things. They were, they were wily little fuckers. You know, they could get out of whatever enclosure she had. So she asked me, she explained the problem. I said, all right, it's no problem. Let's clip the wings. So I went over one day and clipped all the wings of my birds because they were the only ones that were flying off. So so now my birds have clipped wings, which I would never have done out here because they can use those fucking wings to, <coughs> excuse me, to evade predators. And it's just, you know, a chicken's supposed to have its wings intact. So it's just more natural. And, and, and as I found out, which this is one of those things like I'm going to say it, it's going to sound obvious, but when you're thinking about a bunch of different things, you don't necessarily consider it, or at least I don't. Um, their old nesting box was off the ground a bit. And so when they, when I guess when this one, the red one, went to use it, when she jumped down, she realized, wait a minute, I don't have the ability to fly and float down anymore. So she must have just broken or sprained her rear toe upon landing. Uh, I quickly removed that nest box after I diagnosed what the issue was and just kind of gave her a little bit of uh, TLC and like a week or two later, here we are, I think. And uh, she's almost entirely better. There's a very slight limp still, but she's pretty much, there's no, <clears throat> she's not inhibited at all, which is great. So yeah, so I'm getting four eggs, three, four eggs a day. And just yesterday the goats came to me. So when I first got here, <clears throat> one of the first things I did was visit my goats because I missed them. And they were staying with the... <clears throat> Jeez, excuse me. They were staying with the farmers that I got them from. They had taken them back in. And uh, I just said, hey, you know, if I, I don't want to shuttle them back and forth, I don't think that's really fair to them. But if... Uh, you want me to babysit them or whatever, you know, I'm willing to hang out with them. I got the, I have the fencing all up, the pen, everything, the water. I've got everything ready to go for goats. So if you guys need a hand, 
because uh, I know things are tight. You know, people aren't going to their farmers markets anymore, et cetera, et cetera. I'm willing to help. So about a week later, a week or two later, I get a call saying, "Hey, Joe, do you want some goats?" And I said, uh, "Yeah." So I've got three goats. My two boys, Larry and Mo. Uh, I'm sorry. I've got three. I don't even know what I said. Three boys, Larry, Mo, and then a new boy, Hercules, who's like their cousin, looks just like him, just bigger. Um, and then I have Annabelle, which was one of the does that I had. And Annabelle's son from her last pregnancy that I delivered here is across the street at my neighbor Rich's. So probably pretty soon we'll bring uh, her son. I forget what they're calling him uh, off the top of my head. But we're going to bring him over here and have him uh, see his mom again, see what that's like. So yeah, so I just went out and took care of them, walked them around, got them some grass, et cetera, et cetera. They've been chilling. Um, one of the issues here is that, uh, you know, when I had the chickens and I had the guineas in particular running around here, I finally, that was what got my tick problem under control. Because I'm out in the woods, there's turkeys, there's squirrels, there's deer, and all those things carry ticks and spread them. And ticks just love it here because it's... One and a half years, one year, let's call it, removed from being fallow, unused woodlands. And that's just the tick's favorite habitat. So um, the guineas had gotten it under control in combination with the chickens to where I could go out anywhere in the yard and would not have to, would not have one tick on me. Now you walk around and they're, I mean, they're crawling. So you get them on you. Fortunately, I'm a hairy guy. I can feel them. I pull them off before they ever attach. Occasionally, you get some under the waistband attached, and you just pull them off. So it's really not a big deal. I uh, just got to check yourself. But it is a nice luxury to not have ticks out here. So what I went and did, and again, preparing for potentially, you know, for unknown circumstances, uh, what I went and did was uh, bought close to 60 chicks from uh, Murray McMurray Hatchery. And I think I got like 28 chickens and then 30 guineas. So I have my heat lamp. I don't have chick grit, which is like what they eat. Uh, I'm sorry, chick uh, crumble, but, you know, I don't have their food and I don't have the grit, which they need. Uh, so I'll have to go to the feed store again and get some. <clears throat> but I have a heat lamp. I have a container that I could raise them in. So I should be able to, uh, to do this. It's, uh, it's smelly. It's, it's kind of a pain in the ass. It's nasty. Some of them will probably not make it, so that's never fun. Uh, hopefully, you know, they're shipping out on the, on the 20th, so in 16 days. And hopefully the wet season kind of stays another month <laughs> uh, out of our way because that would help a lot. When they get rained on, it's hard to keep the rain out. In my situation where they are, I put them on the porch. I was thinking of putting them in the garage. The problem with that is it gets hot as shit in there. So I don't know if I want to put them in the garage. I think they'll die. I think it's too hot in there. I could put, well, see, anywhere else I put them, they're going to get wet. So maybe under the, see, if I put them under the carport, then they're just out in the open at night and... That's like a dream for a cat or for a raccoon or anything. So on the porch, I think, is where it's going to be. It's smelly. It's not fun. Screws up my porch vibe that I like out here. 
but uh, it's okay. In the end, we should have a handful of birds that are ready to lay eggs and decimate ticks, which is the goal. And look, let's say a month from now, two months from now, some miraculously we cure this pandemic, I get to go home, I'll be selling them and gifting some of them to my neighbors, you know, so it's not the end of the world. I told Sally she'll be getting, I asked her if she wanted any chickens for me to raise uh, for her, and she's going to take two. So she's going to take my four, hopefully when this is all done, and I'll have two more that I set aside for her. So, you know, it's fun to raise, it's something to do, it's fun to raise chickens, it's rewarding, it'll pay off uh, once they grow and eat ticks and other insects, and uh, hopefully everything returns to normal, and I have a bunch of gifts for everybody around me. Not the end of the world. <clears throat> so yeah, so what else is there? I guess, I don't know, I mean, I don't want to talk about doomsday shit so much. I've already touched on my feelings on on uh, skills. It's good to learn stuff. You know, hopefully this... I. What comes out of this, I hope, is that people say, hey, you know, uh, I'm stronger now. I can, I can rely on myself. I didn't see anyone else or I was just in my home. You know, I can, I can do it. You know, I don't have to have so much stimulation in my life. Or say, hey, you know, I didn't feel comfortable there. I, I, it would be better next time to be able to, uh, I don't know, make something that I can then trade people, you know, whatever, just to improve yourself somehow, whatever that means to you. What else, what else, what else? You know, I've avoided uh, using this podcast as a way to share, like, the books I've read, unless it directly relates to being out here. You know, it's, it's not like, hey, this is what I'm doing while out here. If the book happens to relate to the vibe, then I'll mention it. Uh, but I don't think I've really done, like, hey, I watched this movie. It was really great. You should check it out. And I think I'm going to avoid doing that. I have that in my notes, but I'm going to skip that. So yeah, this is where I'm at. Uh, I guess I'll be, depending on how long this lasts, I'll be, uh, I'll be sharing. Okay, I'm gonna try to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm locked down here, so I'm gonna try to stay here as long as possible. I've got frozen food. I've got, uh, I've got canned food and dried food, so we should be good here for a while. And uh, I'm pretty used to the isolation and the. <clears throat> and solitude so I don't think that'll be an issue but you know mind you I've been going I had a two-month break here but it's been a pretty long stretch of isolation and solitude as is so I took like a two-month leave is what it kind of feels like but here I am back to back to cabin life all right well that's it for now take care of yourselves